What's up, bitches? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. And if it's not, stop listening. Brunch with Desby. This is your host, Des, also known as Desby. And I'm super excited today because not only is this episode 10, uh, which is just kind of iconic, but I also have coincidentally a 10 on my podcast today and also (laughs) kind of my first uh, guest. You know, I had Wyatt, but to be honest, he doesn't count. He's in the same household. So Emily and I are practicing social distancing today and bringing you guys a really fun duo podcast. So if you guys don't know, my assistant coach, Emily Bugato, she is with me today. Um, Emily, go ahead. You can say hi so you're not awkwardly sitting hi. here. Hi. <laughs> I'm so honored to be your first guest. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. My first guest. I was. I was like, but I think I was like your third podcast. So my yeah. apologies there. My yeah, apologies. Okay. Really waiting out on me there. <laughs> I am. I'm getting, really building up the hype to have you on. <laughs> so as you guys know, my podcast here, we're, we're here to have fun. We're here to have a great time. We're here to talk a little bit of shit, spill a little bit of tea, but not get too messy. So today we're going to be discussing a little bit about where we are going to be post quarantine. And hopefully at this time, as we phase out of it, give you guys some ideas um, into how to feel your best self after this big shit show. Um, and ultimately how to come out on top. So without further ado, we'll get into the episode. I hope you guys like it. Make sure you leave a five-star review if you're on iTunes. Share it to your story so we know that you're hanging along. And let's get into the episode. I'm a little nervous because I know that your podcast is like number nine on the charts for fitness. Oh, so there's girl. a lot of ears listening. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of ears, but that also means that they're ready to listen. So it's like, let's use. There's a lot of people who need to hear what the, we're about it to is. Talk about. We're about to throw it down like no one's in town. And <laughs> it's going to be great because I think that's the beauty between cross collaboration, especially on different platforms, is. I help you, you help me. Mm-hmm. We bring different messages to different platforms. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited, you know, and you're almost to, are, did you hit 15K yet? Yeah, I did. Oh I did my God. <laughs> yes, Woo, queen. 15K. Woo! 15K. Milestone. Hell like, yeah. Um, not to say I remember my first beer, but I do remember being there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, yeah. kind of, it was kind of that exciting number. I don't know why. I don't Honestly, know if it stayed 15k, I would be happy because it looks so like clean there. It, just like it does. 15 it's with cute, no points. No anything. points. No nothing. Yeah, we don't want the points. No, I don't want points. I want I want to be rounded. I nice want to be whole. Clean. I love that for you. <laughs> well, congrats on that. Um, so Emily, obviously, I feel like a bunch of the gang here probably knows who you are but just because i'm praying to god that we have some new listeners um, or maybe even have someone that comes on and they're kind of like who are you i am you you are me who are we just like a random clicking on maybe maybe just some clickbait you know want to learn a little bit about post-quarantine hustle um so you guys know here i'm at desby with three underscores on instagram but emily why don't you give them a little bit about who you are and maybe even a short synopsis about your story if you want to kind of merge into how we became best friends cool um if you rather leave that out till the end we can kind of let them suffer up to you however it flows out 
Okay, we'll probably save that for the end because my I feel like it's so hard to shorten up like I, my I agree. story. <laughs> um, well, we got nothing of, but time. <laughs> I know. First of all, if you want to go, if you're not driving, go look at my Instagram right now at dietitian.em.b so you can have a, a face to to think of when you Hell hear yeah, my voice. Fantasize. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, about me. So I'm a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. Um, I actually started out overweight and very unhealthy um, and kind of just transformed my life over time. And as I was trying to learn how to, you know, be healthier and be more fit and all this stuff, I wanted to be able to help other people so that they didn't have to make all the dieting mistakes that I made. Cause let me tell you, <laughs> I have done some weird ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? Uh, yeah. So I wanted to be more educated and I wanted to help other people as well. So um, I went to school and got my bachelor's in science and nutrition and dietetics. And then I became a registered dietitian. Um, so over the past six years, I have just been like transforming my own self mm-hmm. from the inside out. And now I'm working with Des, so I'm able to help so many other women be able to do the same thing and kind of help them skip over all those mistakes that I made because I wasn't educated. So, um, I just love being able to help people with that and help them feel more confident, healthier, and all that good stuff. Um, I did also compete for a while too, so I think mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we definitely we definitely will. So obviously, the past, you know, like you said, six years, you've kind of gone in and out of your own personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been long, that, so it, I really summed sure. it up there. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I was like, that was like thirty-five seconds. I so mean, that I was could amazing. literally go through all <laughs> the phases that I went through, and it would take forever. Absolutely. And I mean, as we're coming in into the end, or hopefully by the time this is out, the end of this quarantine, people are kind of getting back out um, as we feel comfortable. You know, you don't have to jump out of your house. I'm not (laughs) expecting anyone to. Um, But as people are coming out, I'm going to go with the assumption that a lot of people might have struggled during this quarantine with dieting. Um, so with your knowledge, um, and with what you've seen, even with, you know, our personal clients, I kind of want to discuss a little bit about the fad diets. You know, you kind of mentioned you did some yourself. Oh yeah. Um, and I know for a fact they're going to trinkle out after Mm -hmm. this quarantine's over. People are going to run fast challenges, you know, four week, lose 40 pounds, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So in terms of fad diets, what are your opinion? What's your opinion on the word diet? Let's just start there. What, what is a diet to you? And do you believe that that word has to be so uh, secured to just one thing that you're doing? No. So I really think the word diet depends on how you're using it. So Mm -hmm. I will like call my diet just like the way that I eat. It doesn't mean I'm like following a certain thing, like only eating certain foods or anything like that. It's just literally the way I eat, like my style of eating. Um, But I think to a lot of people, the word diet is usually more of like, you know, like the keto diet Mm -hmm. or whatever fad diet is in at the time. So I think it really depends on how you're using it. Um, But Yeah, if it's something that is not sustainable for you to do 
basically for long term, like ever, I don't think that it's a good thing. <laughs> right. And I totally agree. When I when I say my diet, I don't always mean, hey, I'm in a caloric deficit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how I, maybe more so what other people would say my lifestyle. I just call it a diet. Yeah. Like if um, I were to say like, oh, I eat a lot of eggs in my diet. Like that doesn't mean right. like I'm on like a meal plan. It's just I like to eat eggs. Like Correct. it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yes. I'm just thinking about your post today. So tell, <laughs> tell me a little bit about that. So Emily shared a post today about a crazy fad, kind of a fad diet that she yeah, used to follow. It was. So, so share a little bit about that. Cause obviously you've been through them yourself. Yeah. So what, what are maybe one or two instances that you maybe fell into either a fad diet or something that turned into a not a uh, prolonged following diet? So that one, actually, I didn't put this in the post because I didn't want to, like, make my parents, like, feel bad or anything. But oh, no, <laughs> that actually was a diet that my dad would do. And I was, like, really, really young, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, 10. to Like, he did it for many years on and off. But okay, because that was, like, his go-to that he knew he would lose weight if he did. Right. And so me as a kid, I'm like, oh, well, my doctor says that I need to lose weight because I was overweight when I was a kid. I was like, uh-huh. well... My doctor says I need to lose weight, so I should do this too. And I kind of remember my mom like being like, Randy, that's not a good idea. Like, and mm-hmm. he was like, What? It's fine. Like, it's no big deal. And it was like literally every breakfast was eggs with it was like half a grapefruit or grape a cup of grapefruit juice. <laughs> and then sometimes dinner would be the same too and I remember there was like a few other meals like a chicken breast with like a tomato or something Mm -hmm. like a random which not bad but not not yeah (laughs) it definitely wasn't enough calories so obviously like it makes you lose weight because you're not eating enough calories but back then I and my dad thought that like oh those were like magical fat burning foods that you could eat to lose weight like you had to combine those together absolutely to lose which i would i will say there's a lot of really great like antioxidants and oh yeah nutrient (laughs) values in great i mean especially today just because i wanted to 100 100 (laughs) that that, i just want to disclaim to everyone there's nothing wrong with those food choices. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when we're dieting, when, when fad diets become a thing, it's because people are quickly losing weight. And a lot of these things come with the absence of carbohydrates, mm-hmm. which at that point don't necessarily cause you to just drop weight, but they do cause you to quickly drop water. Yeah. Which then people simultaneously think, oh shit, I just, I lost seven pounds in a week because I've been eating 30 carbs a day. Yeah. That's what, that's depletion. You know, we've done that in competing, which we'll touch on that in a minute. So in terms of those, those style diets and like when it comes to anything really pretty much just taking away carbs, but also being low calorie, what are some negatives that people can kind of run into physically and mentally from just totally absence of carbohydrates? Yeah, there's a lot of bad things that could come out of doing like a very restrictive diet Mm -hmm. like that. Um, For one, like it's only going to last so long and then you're going to break and you're going to go. Right. Ham, ham, on the God, fucking ham, and it's just gonna come back to bite you because that is why research shows that when people say like diets don't work, that's mm-hmm. the kind of diet that research that doesn't shows work. doesn't work because <laughs> everyone gains the weight back and sometimes mm-hmm. even more. Um, right. But especially when you're doing diets like that, kind of yo-yo dieting, you know, losing the weight, putting it back on, losing the weight, putting it back on. Every time you're dieting, 
you're taking kind of a stab at your metabolism because when Mm -hmm. you do extreme diets like that, your body has adaptations that occur to kind of like downregulate since it's not getting very many calories. Right. And then you go gain it all back, but you're not giving it that time, like a long reverse diet to, you know, kind of work the metabolism back up, work those Mm -hmm. adaptations back. Um, So every time you do that, you're kind of just slashing it even more. Right. So obviously, yes, no carbs, probably not ideal. However, I feel like we should touch on the point that also, especially keto, because I feel like that is just a consistent hot go-to, how for some people that is what is needed. Yeah. So if it's are you talking like actual keto, like in ketosis? Yeah, absolutely. Like actual ketosis, yes. Yeah. So there are some people who can benefit from that very far and far and few in between. <laughs> yes. Um, so like people who have like epilepsy and other brain disorders, mm-hmm. um, very specific conditions, they can benefit from it. Certain diabetic patients can as well, correct? I think they probably can, but it's not usually necessary to be completely keto um, Mm -hmm. because as long as they are keeping their blood sugar stable, which they could do by, you know, spacing out their carbs or having fats and proteins with their carbs, you know, watching the amount of them, um, it usually doesn't need to go to the extreme of keto. Correct. Right. So with with all of these kind of fad diets, we think of, I mean, what else? Like Mediterranean diet, mm-hmm. Atkins diet, um, any sort of like quick trick. I had a girl who I, my sister went to high school with the other day and she put po- posted on her Facebook status and was like, gonna, gonna run through Panda Express tonight to get my last huge meal before oh, starting. I always see this. Oh God. It makes me want to throw up mm-hmm. before starting my 1300 calorie diet tomorrow. And this girl is, what, my sister's 23, going to be 24. So she's, this girl is also 23, 24. There's just absolutely no reason to console yourself all the way down to 1,300 calories immediately. And that's why she's binging before because exactly. she's scared of being hungry because she's doing right. an extreme diet. <laughs> and you're, you're already setting yourself up with this negative mentality of not only A, certain foods, but B, the amount of food. So you're already mm-hmm. going into a diet bin- binging pre-diet. <laughs> yep. It is like didn't That's make sense. That's a terrible to way to set yourself up. So so bad. And I and I'll be honest and we'll, we'll dip into this, you know, kind of when I segment here in a second, but I did the same thing during prep. Do you oh, know what I mean? It was like those see, few days like before you started though because like you don't Do you ever think? get to have that kind of meal during okay. prep whereas a right. lifestyle client should be able to have, you know, treats here and there and untracked meals and stuff like that. Right. So I feel like but you before think, a prep, that's pretty normal. I just feel like, but you think of this girl and she was potentially setting herself up for the same thing, mm-hmm. right? She's going to go, she's going to go hard for five weeks with no treats, True. no blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. So in my mind, that's where, that's where I went. And I, is I was just like, is that just as weird for us? doing prep. So, so I guess, okay, let's wrap that segment up. Good, good fad diets guys. So we're here, we're in the step one. We're, (laughs) 
we're understanding that there are fad diets out there and please, for the love of God, do not partake in those Mm -hmm. post quarantine. We're going to give you some tips and tricks going forward here. But first I want to touch on, because Emily slightly said it, um, and you guys know, I come from a previous history of being a competitor myself. And so I just wanted to shed just a little sliver of light on the diet that comes with competing, because there's a lot of back and forth of, is this okay to compete? Is it not okay? So Emily, with your experience and, you know, I'll share and dabble into mind what, you know, why we converse, but do you think that competing is a long-term thing? Do you think that it's okay the way that we have to diet down and even how other coaches approach the diet? Is it healthy Absolutely yes. Not. It, it, is it hel- okay? Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not healthy, and I don't care who you are. Like, there's no way for it, it to be healthy, even if you okay. you know do it in the healthiest way possible. Like, I would say I did it in the healthiest way possible. I had a great coach, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Being that lean is not healthy, especially for a female. Right. Um, some people to some people that's worth it you know, to kind of risk that Mm -hmm. and have, you know, their hormones kind of all messed up and Mm -hmm. maybe have some kind of mental health problems after, um, maybe even not be able to have a kid. To some people, they love the sport that much that they find that worth it, I guess, Um, Mm -hmm. which no hate. Like, I love going to watch bodybuilding competitions and stuff. Absolutely. I, I realized after I competed that, I didn't want to put myself in that position again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was kind of sad because I loved it. And I didn't realize until like a year after my season ended that I probably shouldn't do that again. Mm-hmm. But it just, it really messes with your body and your hormones. It does. My hunger hormones were so messed up. And I think that's one of the major reasons why I didn't want to do it again either. Because I... It didn't matter what I ate after I I was hungry. Like my yeah, my absolutely leptin and ghrelin must have just been completely out of whack and like it depleted. Took, it took so yeah. long to get it back to normal. Absolutely. So when you think of what you did, can you tell me did did you approach with a meal plan? What was your style of of prep? No, actually, um, I think like. When I competed, it was not very common at all, but my coach actually used macros and he was a very good coach. Um, Mm -hmm. He was mentored by um, coaches that were, are very, very successful and popular in the fitness industry. Um, So I'm very thankful that he used macros because if I did a meal plan, I would have been even more messed up. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's what I went through. My first prep was a meal plan and it was it evolved into macros because I personally decided to learn about them. So when I saw my meal plan and it showed my macros, say, instead of me wanting the the last bowl of oatmeal with egg whites that I got, I I kind of learned, oh, hey, I can do this instead. I can do a banana with a little bit of what, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I learned that myself. Um, But I just remember after my competitions, it was the end of football season. And I remember going to multiple, like maybe the last two tailgates and I would just eat myself sick. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, I did, I thought I was fine. Like I, I didn't understand. 
Yeah. Like I, I didn't understand what was going on with me. And, and this can happen. And the reason why I wanted to bring up competing is because this can happen to anyone post extreme dieting. Yes. It's not, not Absolutely. just prep. Not anyone just prep. who's. This- feels Anyone. restricted even if it's not yep. actually a low intake if you mentally feel restricted even mm-hmm. this can still happen absolutely and and that's why i want to touch on it just like with the sliver of light but also because i know i still get messages from people um very few and far between nowadays but just asking me for some tips and advice on competing you know whether to know to compete or mm-hmm. not and i wish that i would have gotten a more truthful insight instead of just watching the Olympian bikini athletes, <laughs> um, to know how this sport actually rolls. Yeah. And, um, even the most perfect people that upload their f- full day of eating on their Instagram stories are fucking lying to you. Yeah. Cause I guarantee you they're shoving something down the pipe that they're not telling you or their coach. Yeah. Um, even to though get I through was that on prep. macros too, like, they still had to get low. It's not like I could eat mm-hmm. good things. Like I still had to eat like ton like veggies and lean right. proteins, egg whites, chicken, stuff like that. It's not like I could fit other things that I was craving into my macros because I just didn't have Absolutely. enough to do that even. Right. And I and I think that the biggest thing for me um is was uh number one stepping into womanhood and realizing that at one point you know and this is now two two years ago since i prepped for my ifbb pro run and um it was that time though that i was kind of like well what happens if i one day want a kid and um that was my biggest worry mm-hmm. and and to this day still is but not only did it distort that mentality of of potential fertility, but I also distorted the reality of what I fucking looked like. Mm-hmm. Like I, I even think about when you were here last and I was like, man, I'm so bloated. Remember? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was at this point, I was, I was like, um, dude, just, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. At this point I was newly pregnant, <laughs> yeah. but I was still feeling um, bloated. And I literally am now, and I feel like we all do this at different rates, but still to this day, I look back at pictures from months past or a week past. And I'm like, wow, why did I think I was literally fat? I, oh my God, I was so embarrassed looking back because <laughs> I remember I took this selfie. It was like, I don't know, maybe like oh, a Jesus. month after my <laughs> Post show, yeah, probably. <laughs> like a month after my show and I posted it on Instagram. Like I looked good. Like I I looked mm-hmm. good, but my caption was down with the thickness. Oh and I was this lean little like piece of shit. <laughs> Yo, we've all I feel like that's we've so all embarrassing. been there. I feel like we've all been there. And that's where I, I feel bad because you can't help your perception of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've really, really been actively working on, especially now with my body changing at such a fucking fast rate. And I, I can't even keep up with hating myself. So it's like, there's no (laughs) point. Um, I'm just going to ride it out. Um, whatever, but it's crazy because you can't downplay someone's, uh, you know, you look at that caption. Yeah. You look at that caption and I might think, wow, she's a dumbass. She's lean, but you're, but you're struggling. <laughs> yeah, but you but you were struggling with your your weight gain and it's it's all relative. So yeah. um anyway, that that can happen to anyone post um mm-hmm. post really anything, whether you gain weight or lose weight. You know, you can have body dysmorphia and issues yeah. that revolve from that, but I do think a lot of that's going to come from your very restrictive diets and seeing your body at a level that 
literally you will never be able to maintain Mm -hmm. and you and you don't understand that in your head or even you can say it out loud but you still Still will be sad when you don't maintain Uh it yep and and you start to see yourself in a different way um and you you create a different um what's the word standard maybe of what you're supposed to what you think you should look like um so yeah, I, I just, I, I worry about people post quarantine doing these fad diets or these quick diets to get shredded for, um, what maybe a, a blow up pool in their backyard this year. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> true. Like, what are you even getting Like, what are you guys going to fucking do? <laughs> for your Instagram uh, photos. <laughs> <laughs> for your fucking take your mirror outside pictures. Yeah. God damn it. Um, but yes, literally your fucking TikToks. But but still I do think it's very important what no matter if you're going out to with your floaties or not um it's still important to know that restrictive dieting in any way shape or form is is not going to be a full um experience but also it's it's not for longevity and um to be on a diet you have to be hungry but there is a fine line that I think coaching especially can help you understand but if you're doing it by yourself just know know the fucking difference between restricting and being hungry. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And I've been really trying to hammer out the idea of reverse dieting because if you know what dieting is, which 100% of people know what dieting is, you should know what reverse dieting is because right. if you do a diet, you should be doing a reverse diet too. And no yeah. one does that. So And not just fucking stopping. Yeah. You so know what I've I mean? been really trying to like pound that idea that. into people's heads, post it everywhere. I made a podcast about it. I tell my clients that all the time, like mm-hmm. you guys are going to have to do a reverse diet after your diet. And some of them even For have sure. to do it before. Yeah, well, and, and some people have to do it at a time that you're not fucking comfortable doing it. Yeah. Doing it. It's like, sorry, Sandy, but you just dieted throughout your whole fucking January to March or the whole past two years. (laughs) Yeah. Like you, you, you have to reverse diet during summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think people think reverse diet and they think immediate weight gain, Mm -hmm. but y'all, if you're, if you're doing it right, you're, you're not gaining excess fat. Yeah. No. Um, you know, you're gaining very slow. You're gaining very minimal. You think of what your diet is losing 0.5 to one pounds per week. Um, which is like, would be great. You think of it just the opposite way around. And even you know, less. Follow, yeah, even less, you know, and you want to, the way I've kind of explained it is almost like a stepping. So, you know, stepping stone, whatever your macros were going down, follow those fuckers back up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you really have no idea how to adjust your macros, your calories, just reverse. Do it like, slowly. Really, literally. Yeah. It's like shoots and ladders, you know, go up and then go right fucking back down mm-hmm. where you were. Um, and also knowing that macros, calories, all that. They don't got to be touched every week. Absolutely that not. That is probably probably the biggest misconception in dieting or anything. Mm-hmm. Do you want to shed some light on that before we jump into something else? Yeah. So I actually get a lot of DMs asking. Actually, whenever I post a question box, someone will ask me, like, how often do I change my macros or how much mm-hmm. do I change them by? And I'm like, for one, this is not an answer that I can just, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. So when it comes to whether you're dieting or reverse dieting, whatever, you do not have to change your macros every week, especially when you're dieting. If you mm-hmm. are still making progress, why would you make it harder? Hell no. You want to ride no. that out <laughs> as long as you possibly can before lowering them. Um, when Absolutely. you're reverse dieting, you kind of just go based off of 
like how your body's responding. So Mm -hmm. say you increased your macros and you followed that for a week. If you lost weight, then you know, hey, I can do like a bigger increase because I'm clearly Mm -hmm. still in a calorie deficit. Um, If you stayed the same, you know, you're somewhere around maintenance. If you gain weight, maybe just keep them the same for another week and see what happens. Maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. it'll go back down. Maybe it'll stay the same and level off. So it's not like every single week increase by this much. There's, there's no answer like that. That's why, that's why you have a coach. Cause if, if it was so easy that we could just tell you exactly how much to, to increase by ahead of time, like Mm -hmm. every week increase by this much, it doesn't work like that. Right. And I, and I feel like we can give you, um, you know, as health professionals give you as much outlook of what it could be like for you. But at the end of the day, it's really going to be trial and error with your own body. Yeah. Um, and all, and also understanding that different points of the month are going to, are going to yield different things too. So mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, Hey, if your weight goes up, maybe evaluate it. Absolutely. Cause you know, what's going on? Are, are you sleeping well? Are you digesting There's well? There's so many are you things stressed? that go into weight. Are, yeah. Are you, are you on your cycle? Especially for us women, we, we turn into Shamu half yes. hour during our fucking cycles and we can't help it. So that isn't the time again to revert to that fad diet mentality and fucking strip away your carbs. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that the first thing to go? We, we take away carbs. But we don't want to take away fat. It's literally the word fat people. I don't know. People just think it, that carbs that are the devil because, because of the media and how people like portray it. It's just so interesting. And you know what's also interesting is when people eat things like cookies and pizza, they always say like, oh, I had too many carbs. And it's like, that has a lot of calories A lot of fat. (laughs) (laughs) That is literally almost pure fat, baby. Like it has both of them, but like fat calories are even higher than carb calories. So it might even have more calories from fat. From actual fat. (laughs) Absolutely. So kind of breezing into this, because we're kind of talking about it now, nutrition myths i want to debunk a few okay because again we have this these is literally my off. job this is like my <laughs> number one job i swear i love this for you so <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not giving you extra pay this month for this episode <laughs> i'm just <laughs> i'm fucking laying that out there right now um, no i'm just kidding but um <laughs> i'm sending bonus. you a venmo request for this <laughs> an invoice <laughs> uh, okay but but for real nutritional myths um you know we've, we've kind of already talked about carbs feel like we don't need to necessarily revisit those but what are maybe a few things that hop to mind that you get a lot maybe you get a lot of questions on mm-hmm. um you already know my fucking favorite which if you want me to lay it out for you i'll yeah. go <laughs> do it um, yeah but i just Des, want to talk about a few <laughs> Des always wants me to like do a post on this <laughs> <laughs> all right so my biggest myth that i just love it when you get up in there and just fuck it up is microwavable anything microwavable veggies microwavable pasta microwavable anything fucking steam fresh or bird's eye yeah why and why am i getting shat on for using it tell people why they need to go blow one and yeah. go blow up their microwave with some microwavable veggies. Go ahead yeah, and lay it I'm down. about to shit on them right now. <laughs> so I think people think that all frozen foods are bad because I don't know if they think like, like they think of like the other frozen foods like pizzas mm-hmm. and, you know, all the other type of foods that are just quick and easy convenience foods. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think they just kind of think that all freezer foods are bad. 
when mm-hmm. frozen veggies actually can have more nutrients than fresh veggies because the reason for that is because frozen veggies they're picked when they're actually ripe and then they're like flash frozen and ripe okay. veggies they pick them before they're ripe when they aren't in their like prime nutrient stage and prime flavor stage and then right. they ship them for like days to weeks and then they sit in the store and this whole time they're actually losing nutrients so frozen veggies are not bad and a lot of times they're only veggies like there's not even other things added to them half the time right so so but emily what if i go and i get um what one of my favorites are like the steam fresh brussels sprouts with like i think it's maybe like a garlic like a sauce Um, yeah like a sauce or something on it what, does that differ in terms of preservatives? Is it still okay? Like, am I am I gonna bloat from it? Am I gonna feel like shit? Am I what's that? The only difference is that there's probably gonna be sodium in it, but we okay. It doesn't really matter if you don't have like high blood pressure or anything, and you work out, okay. you sweat out salt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. Okay, so let's kind of run into that. You mentioned it, salt intake. Yeah. I see some people that worship it. I see some people like myself that don't give a fuck. I don't track sodium intake. Hell no. What, what, how, how, does, how does this work? When should people maybe keep track of it versus not really care? So I personally have low blood pressure. So I do not give a fuck how much sodium I eat because I know that, that my blood pressure <laughs> isn't going to be high and I eat plenty of potassium. So Um, If you're eating a lot of sodium, you're going to want to be eating a lot of potassium too. Um, But honestly, if you're young and healthy and you don't have high blood pressure, you don't have to worry about it too much, especially if you're working out and sweating and sweating salt out. Then you might actually Mm -hmm. need more sodium. Additional. Okay. Yeah, you need it for muscle contractions actually. Absolutely. And I mean, that's why you see some people soak up – Himalayan salt before they hit a lift. Mm -hmm. So what happens though, say you're healthy and you're feeling good, but maybe your dad struggles with high BP. Should you be worried? Should, should you not worry until maybe a doctor intervenes? So I would maybe consider thinking about it because I suppose there could be some kind of genetic thing going Mm -hmm. on. But a lot of times when people have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, stuff like that, it is because of their lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. There is some kind of genetic component to it. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, what percentage, but... Okay. I mean, my my family does not have any kind of heart conditions or anything, so okay. I don't worry about that. But maybe if your family, like, everyone in your family has heart disease or high blood mm-hmm. pressure or anything like that, maybe think about it. Um, but if you're if you're healthy, I mean, keep doing what you're doing, man. Right. Right on. So I think one, one more that I want to cover is eating after a certain time or eating before a certain time. So if you want to call it a little bit of like fasting is the way to go slash, oh my God, don't eat too late. You're going to store it as fat. Mm -hmm. Drop it, drop it like it's hot. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk about fasting first. Um, so people, this is actually something people ask a lot too, like, is fasting okay? What do you think of it? Mm -hmm. And it's, I think a lot of people think that it's one of those other magical things like, oh, if I, if I only eat in this amount of a time window, I'm going to lose fat. And they don't think about the calorie 
part of it. They just think that right. the time window is magic. Um, but I have nothing against like pushing back your first meal or anything like that. As long as you're doing it within reason, you're not starving yourself to get to mm-hmm. a certain time of day. Um, if you're hungry, I mean, eat because if you don't, you're probably going to, it's probably going to backfire and you're going to oh, go eat everything in the kitchen. So, um, right. I have, I have nothing against it for those who aren't hungry in the morning and want to push it back. But it's not magical. <laughs> yeah, it's well, just I a think preference we're for some people. I think where most people see their success in fasting when they like start to become this big advocate of IF is because they they lessen this window of eating, and naturally they just don't fill up the calories like they yep, used to. That's exactly so. So what what do you see? You see weight loss. Yes. Um, and then once that starts to maybe they change their. IF or their body adapts, then again, they're, they're used to eating lower. So their metabolism's adapting to that lower setting, but then they have to start going lower and lower to continue to see weight loss. So I think IF is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me, I've been doing it probably for like two years now. I I don't really stop at a certain time. I try to stop by like, you just push your first meal back. I'm yes. Yeah. I more so push my first. Yeah for that first meal back. But I will say it's helped me a lot. Just really understand my personal hunger cues. Um, know kind of when I eat, how I feel myself, when I feel best. Um, and it's helped me a lot discover that for me, mm-hmm. but for someone who's doing it, like you said, for that magical Narnia experience, <laughs> you're not like, you're not going to walk through a closet and lose 40 pounds. Like, yeah, I- I'm so sorry. Another um, thing but it too is-, is when people start making that window so small, a lot of people can't mm-hmm. get their protein in, in that amount of window. Yep. And it's harder to like stimulate muscle protein synthesis if you're not having like a long enough amount of time in between your meals too. Right. So right. if you're cramming all your meals in like four hours, like, I don't know. Well, I and feel you're, like that's doing you a disservice at that point. Your, your digestion, <laughs> your digestions also can continuously fucked. Yeah. I mean, your body's trying to digest these huge ass calorie meals, maybe not huge. Cause most likely you're not eating a ton of food during this time. But I know when I was eating a fuck ton of food at one point and I was eating from say 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's a lot of Mm -hmm. calories to get in um, in that window. So um, definitely think that IF is good. But what about eating? What about eating after a certain period? So not IF, not fasting. What about just the thought process of, oh my God, if I eat cereal after 10, I'm going to wake up fat. Yeah, this one is hard to explain to people, like to break it down into words that people can understand. So like, just know that that's not true. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's still like it's not like your body knows that you're eating your food past a certain time. And even if those calories are stored while you're sleeping, if you're in a calorie deficit, they're still going to get burned at some point in the day. Right, right. So even if the timing is off. Yeah. Right. I will say when you eat late, guess what? be ready for a higher weigh-in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Naturally, because you're not going to digest as mm-hmm. well. Um, but that doesn't mean that you wake up and gain fat. And, I, and again, I went through this too. I went through that where I would wake up up two pounds and I'd be like, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I, I what You know, what is going on? Especially in college um, when I would only weigh in like every so often, which again, just side note, I do think and believe in weighing in more than once per oh, week yes. or whatever. I, if, um, I actually had a client that would weigh in once a week because she 
didn't want to see the number on the scale all the time. And I said, and I respect that. Yeah, but I, I told her that. I would rather you not weigh at all than just once yeah. a week because yeah. that yeah. once a week doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't. And, and I do think that seeing a number more than once a week, seeing a natural fluctuation in your body, knowing when your body's changing for hormonal phases, it's just so important to understand that because you're not going to hate yourself. And also having a conscious um, kind of knowing of where your body's resting right now, you wait, you go on the scale, you're up, say seven pounds after a week of fun, you kind of know, hey, I'm going to reel it back in. <laughs> you know, this isn't where I want to be. Um, so I do think it's pretty valid to know where you're at. Yeah, I think um, weighing more oftentimes improves people's relationship with the scale because they realize and I mean I educate them on all the things that can cause weight fluctuations but they realize like oh yeah obviously I didn't gain three pounds of fat in one night like duh right well you even wake up you see a one one pound fluctuation you kind of get pissed off and it's like do you realize how little one pound Mm -hmm. is like you don't you don't see one pound. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, where is and that? By the way, I, I don't know. <laughs> if anyone out there is weighing themselves after they eat and drink, y'all are stupid as fuck. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> don't guys, do that. please. That's not please accurate. Weigh yourself. Weigh yourself fasted. Weigh yourself at the same time every day. That can also throw it off too. I'll weigh in at seven thirty a.m. If I weigh it at 9.30, my weight's also different, mm-hmm. even though I'm still fasted. Um, so The second you know, I again, drink just... a glass of water, I swear, like, if you drink 16 ounces of water, isn't that a pound? 16 ounces? Yeah. That's a technically, pound. Technically, yes. Technically, yes. Fluid ounces, yes. But it's just, it's it's not smart, you know? So just don't, don't fucking do it. That's all I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> So obviously there's, there's a bunch more myths and, you know, Emily, you have a great podcast, which I'll make sure to link. So as you continue to debunk them on your, um, table talks. Yeah. My next one great, is you know, actually, um, fat loss mistakes. So it kind of goes right along. There we go. Kind of goes hand in hand. Love that. So last but not least, let's kind of bring this full circle. We've all been in our houses bored in the house and I'm in the house bored for, you know, what, nine, nine weeks now, almost, at least for myself, almost nine weeks. Mm -hmm. What's some, let's give our listeners here today, some solid advice on maybe how to get, how to get uh, crafty post quarantine, how to get back into the groove with their workouts. Um, Maybe, maybe, how to get dick down if they're looking to do that too. We've all, we've all been deprived. I'm the wrong person to ask for that. (laughs) I am too. I'm married. What are you talking about? We can still give some advice. We scooped them up. Um, But what's let's wrap up with a a few pieces of advice from both of us on different ends of um, how to come out of quarantine, being a better bitch. I'm going to start with the dick to down one. Um, (laughs) If you're a male listening, I'll tell you how not to get dick down. Or wait, that wouldn't be dick down. That would be when you get you know slab down. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you how not to. Don't uh, bother girls while they're working out when they just got back to the gym. Thank you. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't even fucking don't look even, at yeah, them. Yeah, literally, don't look at them. Honestly, don't go to the gym. Don't even go. <laughs> Find your own shit to do. Yeah. Go, go, go. Get prison strong in your backyard. Don't bother the women. That's funny you say 100%. that because why it just texted me that he made a prison gym (laughs) he literally made a squat rack out of like cement blocks and wood and stuff i love that 
I love that. Well, okay. So, so let's start with Dick down. You put your part, my part, if you're looking to get Dick down, truthfully, um, you know, go out, get your, get your puss waxed, get, <laughs> get some, get, get some new perfume, get your, get yourself a new Morphe palette, put on some good ass makeup, go out to the nearest bar. Don't wear a mask. It's just, it's not going to go well. It's maybe an outdoor bar. Let's do that. And just let that energy, let that pee energy just vibe. And <laughs> the more that you can kind of come out of this mentality going, wow, like I really crushed, um, you know, this quarantine and I look damn good. The more that people are going to also agree. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they're, they're just going to thrive to that energy. Yeah, you got to have that confidence. <laughs> Even like you do to the gym like earlier in the day. So you're feeling good. Got your workout. Yeah, you know, you in, look feeling hot. You look lean. You look sexy. Yeah. And um, do some push-ups and, you know, before you go out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> do some squats. Maybe some some at-home workout before you go. <laughs> while you're in the Uber. But I, <laughs> while you're in the Uber, just kind of do some tricep dips off the back seat. <laughs> and um, but yeah, but please, guys, it honestly, like <laughs> Be smart post quarantine. I feel like everyone's about to hoe go out. wild. I don't blame you. I do. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you just I, got I out of only... a bad relationship, and you're ready to go buck wild. We're ready to flirt. You know, I think people are really just missing human connection. So, um, you know, if you go, just please, please, for the love of Jesus, use condoms or or don't or don't do anything. You know, just be smart because. People are still make decisions out there. that you'll be proud of the next day. Yeah, please. So, so I love that one. So, okay, dick down, got it covered. <laughs> um, what about if they're looking to 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 feel sexy? All right. So, yeah, workouts. So, How are we gonna get past that? Um, I would say have a solid workout plan. Um, a lot of people like right now, or which I don't blame you, are just doing random workouts. You know, hit a live yeah, up yeah, here, gotta, hit a zoom up it. there. That's much better yep. than nothing, and people need that motivation right now. Um, but once we get back in the gym, I would say have an actual program that you can follow yeah. week to week and improve on. Hundred percent. So I'm, I'm gonna go uh, ahead like and second that app program. Yeah, like kind of like join my app. Um, <laughs> Honestly, that the would bridal cool. boot camp program is my still my favorite favorite. It's so yeah, good. still my favorite. I actually just hit bridal booty, obviously kind of modified um, the other day. And it's like, damn, it's dude, so that, good. it is just so good. The push days, the uh, everything so good. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll link all that below. And lastly, um, let's just go maybe one more piece of advice for, let's say, just the everyday grind. Maybe they're going back to work. Maybe we're going back to school. Mm. Um, how can we get a good positive outlook? Oh, not I thought you're going to say for nutrition. Um, oh, <laughs> um, no, they're on their own for that. Well, you guys can figure it out. <laughs> honestly, like, I feel like people, if they're not working, they kind of feel like they have no point of their life. Like, we feel yeah. good when we have a purpose. So I yeah, think absolutely. that as long as you think of it in that way, like, this is my purpose. This is what I am contributing to the world. Like, mm-hmm. no one wants to be a bum sitting at home, no, living off, no. you know, whatever. Literally your stimulus check. Yeah. Like, you want to feel good about what you're doing and make a living for yourself because it, it doesn't feel good the, when you're doing it the other way around. So yeah. I'm sure you guys will be pumped to be able to do that for yourself. Yeah. Agreed. That, that would kind of go hand in hand with mine. You know, just know that right now this this season of life that we just went through individually and as a nation – 
it better never fucking come back. <sighs> um, but it, even if it does, we've gone through it. We know we can tackle anything like this again. And at the end of the day, I think we all deserve fucking medals for getting through this. Because we should all it get matching truly, tattoos, the whole country. We do. So, something like, what would we even get? Like a Corona <laughs> bottle. Like a, oh, <laughs> it's Corona time. Maybe just a lime. <laughs> even a lime, yeah. you know, something fun. Um, I don't know. You guys let us know what our matching tattoos would be. Maybe I'll get it after I have my baby. But <laughs> <laughs> It'll be um, my first tattoo. Do, Literally. Um, so Emily, tell everyone where to find you. I'm going to put it in the description and, and shit anyway, but before we wrap it up, just let them know where to find your ass. Yeah. So definitely follow me on Instagram at dietitian.em.b. Um, subscribe to my podcast, dietitian table talks, and you can also follow me on Twitter at em bagato, but I will say I get a little sassy on there sometimes. Um, I post about a lot of random shit on there, like not all fitnessy. So that's really just me on there. Um, but go ahead and follow me on there too. Big energy, big energy. I love that. Well, thank you for tuning on, M. Um, always Thanks good for to having have you. Me. Good to have you as a first, like official guest outside of my husband. So thank oh, you yeah. for that. Love that. Um, (laughs) Make sure that you guys give this podcast a five star if you're on iTunes. Share it if you're on Spotify. um, And let us know if you listened. I hope that this helped you guys maybe even just feel a little bit better knowing after this quarantine, we're all going to come out on the same playing ground, you know. So find a way to build yourself up and be proud of it. But thanks, guys, for tuning in. Hope you have a banger of a Sunday. Maybe go get banged if we're out of quarantine. And we'll chat with you guys soon. Mimosa. Yes, have a mimosa for me, drink up, and we'll see you next Sunday.